Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Aspen, Colorado, Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andrew. It's a late night. It's a late night. We doing that late night shiz? Yeah, I uh, I'm here in Aspen. Um, gonna get on the road early tomorrow for Vale. Because tomorrow is, of course, the Vale Comedy Show. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I, haven't heard, I haven't heard a thing about it. At Bridge Street Bar in Vale. So come check that out if you're in the area. We're going to get on the road early tomorrow. We're going to try to have another uh, ski day, ski slash snowboard day. Me and Edward, I believe, see if the third. Uh, we're going to try to have another uh, ski day. So we have to get it. Get the Dirty Sports Podcast taken care of tonight so we can get another day on the mountain. I got to say, Andy, you're not much of a skier or snowboarder, right? From being from the state of Ohio. Fun fact about me. I have skied once in my entire life. Wow. That's it. How old were you? I was in high school. They have a fake fake snow place in Indiana called Perfect North Slope. So Okay. Well, I got to say, it was a bit for for our skiing and snowboarding crowd, dirt balls, for our uh, for our snowballs, as I will call them. <laughs> it that's was a, a, that's a that's a also a very <laughs> interesting sexual reference for those who know what the snowball is. It was a fantastic day. We got twenty two inches of snow in the last twenty four hours. So Eddie Ift and I went out on Snowmass Aspen Snowmass Mountain today. And uh, we shredded, we carved, we had a powder day. It's glorious. It's, it's good to be back. Four days, four of the last five or six days, I've been on the mountain. After two full years off of not shredding the gnar at all post-injury, I feel good. I feel confident. And we out here, we out here spraying the pow. It's all about spray. I don't know if you know that, Andy. I Literally everything you just said to me was basically speaking to me in Mandarin. Yeah. I don't it's know what all, you're talking it's about. It's all about spray. You know that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I tell the ladies. It's all about spray. It works in all forms of life. What are you drinking there, Joe? Oh, you know what I'm drinking, Andy. We're out here on a Thursday. It's not Thursday. It's Is it Thursday where you are yet? No. You're still about 20 minutes away. Yeah. But it's soon to be Thursday. And when people listen to this, it will be Thursday. And everybody knows what happens. On Dirty Sports on Thursday, we talk about the greatest beer ever brewed, Miller Lite. We're going to hop right into that right now, huh? No, I'm just saying yeah. that's what I'm drinking out here. Okay. I was going to say, we, 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 can, we can do our little ad read a little later. Uh, the, the, the Rocky Mountains of Colorado are enemy territory, but I have done, I've done work out here this week yeah, to well, uh, infiltrate with the Miller Lite. I, 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 that's good work. It's good work. Now, has it been sunny? Like Colorado's known for uh, it's it's that nice weather. 
as far as the snow, but also it's sunny usually. And it's been a little overcast. We had a sunny day. I guess that would have been sun day. That that we had a sunny uh, day on the mountain in a steamboat. Otherwise, we've been in the midst of a storm. We've had a lot of snow and rain and rainy snow. And so with storms usually come overcast uh, skies. Hopefully sunny tomorrow for our first day in Vail. Any cannabis products while you're hitting these slopes? They have been they have been consumed. I've been uh, I have not smoked a thing while I've been in Colorado, but I have eaten some edibles. Noise. It, it gets you in the groove. Yeah. No, for sure. That's 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 good. It's good. Are you going to be? Because you're not going to be near Colorado. You're not going to be near Denver. Or you are. You're going to be at the Denver Improv. That's right. Oh, now you're doing plugs Friday and Saturday at the Denver Improv. Are the Rockies in town? I don't know. I haven't checked. Uh, what I think we're going to do is Eddie and I really have our pedal to the metal when it comes to getting some mountain time on this trip. I think we're going to stay in, uh, Vail tomorrow night after the Vail comedy show, maybe try to get up and do a full day of shredding on Friday before heading into Denver for Friday night shows at Denver improv. So we haven't even really looked our only day in Denver would be, um saturday so i'll have to check to see if the rockies are in town but you've been to coors field correct i have been to coors field correct and, and where do we been. where do we where do we put that on the i i actually like coors field a lot the the, the rockies oh but the rockies are in town a sick uh, night game on saturday against the cubs gotcha um i i really liked coors field <clears throat> i uh Went to multiple games at Coors, uh, multiple Mets games, actually, when I was in town a few years ago. Maybe I've been through on two, two different occasions, but um, the, the best part about it is seeing the sunset over the literal Rockies while you're in Coors Field watching the Rockies. It was pretty great. They had chocolate-covered bacon in left field. That was oh, pretty nice. great. Surprise, surprise. They did not have the greatest Pilsner ever brewed uh, available. So I was forced to drink other beer while I was there. Shame on you, Coors Field. Um, but well, I'm, I'm going to ruin it for some people. They are owned by the same company. So anyway, L- little disclaimer for people. So, so they should probably have it there. I agree. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. exactly where I was going. They should. Yeah. So, um, but you know, it's, it's, it's one of those, uh, it's an, it's an older new ballpark, Sure, but it's an older, new old ballpark. Obviously Camden Yards started the throwback ballpark, which now essentially every stadium is a throwback to the baseball only, um, ballpark as opposed to the multi-purpose which can, can, can i hop in here real quick what the sure. hell what the hell happened in that 70s 80s era what what was going on with those the vet three rivers riverfront stadium all, all these, they were, they all look the same uh, well yeah well, essentially what they were saying is let's make a circular stadium so that a, a circle works in both for both football and be- sure. baseball you know, you, you see football stadiums, they, they tend to be more oblong. Baseball stadiums tend to be like, you know, much tighter. And they're like, what if we do gigantic circles 
those work for both. The worst era in stadiums history. But, but that's my point. I know what they were doing. I understand kill two birds with one stone, but in atrocious. But literally kill millions of birds with one stone because the AstroTurf was concrete and many uh, players died on that concrete. <laughs> many Cardinals died on that concrete. Many Blue Jays died on that concrete. Many Eagles died on that concrete. They killed many birds with that stone. Can you imagine playing? Like, it's, it is crazy to think. Like, plan on it. Like, I did one high school football game at University of Cincinnati on AstroTurf that I remember. I mean, there's probably more, but it's just like, it literally is concrete. Yeah. Like, what old were, school AstroTurf? Like, what were we thinking? Was, con- was concrete. And then in, and then you'd see, you'd, uh, uh, you you guys had it because you were, the, you know, in the same division. But every year when the Mets would go to St. Louis, they'd show me the, they'd show me the camera angle from, like, down on the field and you're seeing heat waves and they're like it's 97 with humidity it's 141 down on the field from the <laughs> astroturf ozzy smith's shoes are just melting yeah he's doing backflips and you're like am i high or are his shoes on fire while he's doing backflips no yeah on he, fire. Was just, he was just doing backflips because he didn't want to keep one part of his body on the field that long he was like ah, ah too hot too hot put my hands down Put my feet down. And I feel like the Blue Jays just got rid of the AstroTurf like three years ago. Like, I yeah. like, remember they were the holdout. The Canadians were just holding out. And they were like, we are not ready to get rid of this AstroTurf. Yeah. Unbelievable era. Well, a stadium I might not be going to very much this year is, is Great American Ballpark. Yes, I know you. Uh, the, the lack of spending, the blatant. I'll, I'll say the the almost veiled spit in the face of the fans that happened all off season wasn't enough. You needed no. what turned you was the blatant spit in the face of uh, the fans that occurred multiple times this week. Egregious, absolutely egregious. What what the Red COO Phil Castellini did? He's the son of Red's owner. Bob. By the Castellini. way, doesn't cast doesn't Castellini sound like the worst pasta shape? Yeah, it does. I never thought of that. Like, you know, you got penne, you got rigatoni, you know, you got spaghetti, you got all that. It's like, oh, Castellini just looks like little pieces of shit. Uh, I never thought. Of Ugh, I hate Castellinis. Well, a lot of the Cat- Castellini bolognese, just a meaty shit sauce. A lot, a lot of the Reds fans are not fans of the Castellinis right now. So. Opening day, I, I just want to set this up for people who don't understand it because I think this is important. Joe, opening day in Cincinnati is literally a holiday. I, I don't exaggerate that. The kids take off school. There's a huge parade that goes through downtown. People take off work. There's always a grand marshal. You know, yesterday, Barry Larkin led it. They, they get former players. They get celebrities. I mean, it's all the streets are closed. It's a huge ordeal, especially since the Reds were you know, the, the original baseball team. So for the, the longest original t- professional baseball, yeah, team. For, for the longest time, they were the first pitch, you know, basically up until I think 1994, or 95, whenever it was. But anyway, my point is it's a huge ordeal to the point of like, you know, when I was in grade school and I, I can't remember with high school, but you know, the, the teachers would wheel in the TVs for opening day. 
like, like, I don't know a city who does that. Like, like you, it didn't matter what you were doing. We're watching the Reds, the Reds. play. Like, and now this year for kids who had the TV wheeled in, it was like when I was in grade school and they wheeled in the TV for the shuttle launch. And then it turned out to be the challenger and we all watched it blow up and many people die. That's what was happening for kids this year in Cincinnati. The TV was wheeled in an old shit pasta, Bob Castellini. Phil Castellini just big, Yeah. Yeah. His offspring, Phil. His son said some things that especially went full challenger shuttle. He did. He did. And spit in the face, like you said, after a rough offseason of Cincinnati Reds fans. I have never, and you're not believe I'm gonna say this. In all my years following sports, I've never seen an ownership or ownership group say something directly to the fans like this. I'll take it one step further. As bad as Mike Brown has been, I could be wrong on this. He's never said anything as demeaning to the Bengals fans, the fans of Cincinnati. Like well, this. because the, the lack of spending by the Bengals, which has been you know well documented on this show, is one thing. But they were never like, hey, uh, have you thought about getting an indoor practice facility. And he was like, no, I don't because I don't care about my team or our fans. If they don't like it, they can get fucked, which is basically which what is he essentially said. What, essentially what the red COO said. The red COO on opening day. After the parade, I'm just going to play. This is the minute clip. This is on the local radio station where the reds are aired 700 WLW, the station of the Cincinnati reds. Listen to this quick minute soundbite of the interview. That's, that's the bottom line. Sloney asked you about the quote, show a little faith in this, right? Yeah. And, and I, I saw you got right to the cold. So you, you have people enough. who say, look, uh, faith has earned 15 years of ownership. They haven't won to the extent that we would like. And so you had my faith, but you've lost it. Why should that fan maintain trust in you? Well, where are you going to go? <laughs> Let's start there. I mean, sell but the team to who? I mean, well, that's the other thing. I mean, you want to have this debate? You know, if, if you want to look at what would you do with this team to have it be more profitable, make more money, compete more in the current economic system that this game exists, mm -hmm. it would be to pick it up and move it somewhere else. Yeah. And so be careful what you ask for. You know, I think we're doing the best we can do with the resources well, that I, we have. I, I, we're no more pleased yeah. with the results than the right. fans. I'm not sitting here saying anybody should be. I'm not polishing any trophies in the office <laughs> yeah. right now, and that's what we're here to do. Um, but, you know, the bottom line is, and, and I do think we've had to shift the discipline. We've tried a lot of things that didn't work, uh, and they came this close to working and didn't. Uh, nobody's got to right. tell me it you didn't tried work. It. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. So I think we've learned Different from those approach. things. And trust me, Nick is, is a is a beat. Okay, so when asked, again, about earning the faith from the fans, where are you going to go? You know where we're not going to go? To the stadium, you asshole. That, that's where fans aren't going to go. Like that uh, essentially is everything that's wrong with baseball right now, right? Is the where are you going to go? But he asked two questions in there. One, where are you going to go? Which is a hundred percent right. The the Reds are going to profit because you because Reds fans are still going to go to the ballpark, and they if they want to watch baseball, they're going to have to go to Reds games. So that is essentially everything that's wrong with baseball. They know they can continue to make money whilst not putting a team on the field now his second question is where he gave himself up which is who do you want to buy the team it's like somebody who what do you mean 40 yeah eddie's asking me about the uh yeah one basketball game eddie's asking me about the kobe shot challenge which it is the sixth anniversary of tonight um 
the question of who to sell to, how about somebody with a bigger dick than you who wants to spend money and have a winning baseball team? Yeah, and, and for the record, there's always a possibility a team can move. But I'm just going to say this. They would the Major League Baseball does not move teams. This is not the NFL. They are not moving. So for him to say that, I, I first of all, those those radio hosts are a bunch of pussies. You just you just let him literally drop his pants and take a dump all over the city of Cincinnati and Reds fans. And you just sat there like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. First of all, you should have just called him out on the facts. And the facts are this. One major league baseball team has relocated in the last 50 years. One. They don't do it. That was the Montreal Expos in Canada, which moved to D.C. One team has moved in 50 years. This is not the NFL where teams move. Major League Baseball does not like to move teams. Second fact, the Reds are under a lease in their stadium until 2037. That's 15 more years. They are contractually obligated to play in Great American Ballpark for 15 more years. So if they're sold, they're not leaving. So he's just wrong. On top of being a total complete douche, a spoiled, privileged douche, who I read a a great article um, from, uh, what's his name, from from The Athletic, I think Trent Rosencrantz or he's a Reds beat writer. He said, you know, the guy, the guy was born on third base. Dude, you were born on third base. You've done nothing. You've done nothing to have this position except nepotism. So here's the crazy part. He's given an opportunity to backtrack from what he said, because not only is Joe, I don't know. You probably didn't see this. Phil Castellini, who no one knows the CEO of the Reds was a top 10 trend nationally on Twitter. When this all happened, like this is what we're talking about. We're talking about a small market. No one cares. Reds team. This guy's trending. And this is what he said to a local television reporter when given the opportunity later in the day to backtrack on his comments. I don't want to put you in a tough spot here, but some comments from earlier this morning on the radio are making their rounds on social media. I was just going to try to give you a platform to respond to kind of what you said earlier today. I think some fans are taking it the wrong way, possibly, or feeling like they're rubbed the wrong way. Okay, which what, what you have to be more specific. Uh, just saying that you know what else are they going to do? Um, well, the, the the answer is: Are you going to abandon being a Reds fan? Are you going to abandon following this team? We haven't abandoned it. We haven't abandoned investing in the team and, and the community. So the, the the point is: How about everybody just settle down and celebrate and cheer for the team? You can you can hate on us all you want. We're not going anywhere. We haven't abandoned our commitment to winning and investing in this franchise and in this community. So the point is, stay tuned and be a fan. Celebrate these guys and look what they did in Atlanta and, and come out here and celebrate that today. All so right. whatever the message was heard, the, the, what I mean is stay loyal to your team and the players that give you 110% effort. What a bunch of shit. Well, it's, it is a bunch of shit because it's a bunch of shit for multiple reasons. One, you have abandoned trying to win you have abandoned trying to compete you know the guys who have been there through the last few years you you know you 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 made the deal you you made an offer to trevor bauer and he came and he won a cy young and you're like fuck him castellanos you made the offer he came he played well fuck him jesse winker you sent him out fuck him you don't give a shit you you may have made smart decision smart baseball decisions but when they proved to be smart and then they became a financial decision, you said, fuck them. 
So you have abandoned it. Also, when it comes to the the team, we, I go back to the thing we've talked about on the show before uh, for a 26 man payroll. As far as the 26 man payroll of the Cincinnati Reds, they're spending $79 million. The Cardinals in a similar market in the same division are spending $149 million. What about the, you know, I will say St. Louis is, is, is technically bigger, greater St. Louis, which whatever, what is Milwaukee? Technically bigger, I, technically bigger, but it's not like we're talking about a different, yeah. it's not twice as big. It's not New York to Cincinnati. It's not twice as big, but they're spending twice as much money. Sure. Milwaukee's well, spending $122 million. The argument that you should just be loyal just to be loyal is the biggest load of crap that I've ever heard. For the record, all the Reds fans like myself, we love Joey Votto. We love Jonathan India. We think it's great that there's two young rookie pitchers. Tyler Stevenson is a second year. He, I think he's going to be really good. Their catcher. We love that. Dude, but to just say, hey, you should still show up. But it doesn't matter. First yeah, of all, it doesn't yeah. matter. Fuck you, no, dude. Actually, none of that. That I, I would be more upset about that than I would be excited about it because like being a Pittsburgh Pirate fan or like being a Kansas City Royal fan, you're going to go watch Carlos Beltran win World Series for the Cardinals and, and be a contributing member of a world series team on the giants and be an MVP candidate for the Mets and be whatever, who cares where he came up when you're just going to let him go yeah. the same way you let Winker go the same way. Oh, so now, now not only do you want me to invest financially, but you want me invest emotionally in guys that you're going to let go because you don't give a shit. You're just a pirates fan who now has to watch Garrett Cole pitch for the Astros and Garrett Cole pitch for the Yankees. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I did a local Reds podcast this week. I did the rally cat podcast and shout out to those guys. And, and we talk all things Reds, of course. And I was asked given this was before yesterday over under five games you go to. And I said, look, man, I was pretty heated last month. As the season nears, I already know it's going to be over five. But that changed. That literally changed just from yesterday. It's not. It's. It's. I don't know. Outside of one bark in the park game with my girlfriend in Roscoe, like I don't. I honestly, I can't. How can I give money to somebody who just gave me and every Reds fan the middle finger? It's. It's. I've, you know, all my complaining about the Bengals and this and that, like this to me is different. This is completely different. Like I said, this is the biggest F you to Reds fans. And then to issue an apology last night after he saw all the backlash, a BS apology, a PR written publicist contrived apology. No, dude, especially, especially when you're the owner's kid who just got the position because you're the owner's kid. Dude, you haven't won. You haven't invested in the team, like you said. You haven't re-signed a Trevor Bauer or a Nick Castellanos or any of the other great players when they had them here. So I mean, just team, think, about all, think, think about all the guys that they've moved over the years. Uh, Cueto, I mean, I mean, I can just start going on and on. Guys that were good or really good 
And and he is right about one thing. I'll, I'll give you this, Phil Castellini. The economics of baseball are pretty jacked up right now, but but don't cry poor. You know what he is? You know what they are? You're the guy who can't afford the Tesla, but you got the Tesla. Dude, you can't afford the team. Sorry. You're, you're a, you, you got a bike rack on your Porsche. Yeah. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You got a bike rack on your Porsche. Maybe you could never afford a baseball team in the first place because there are people out there and my team is fucking proof of it. My team is fucking proof of it for decades. Mets fans are going, maybe you guys shouldn't own a baseball team in the biggest market in the fucking world. And then Steve Cohen comes in, buys the team and he's like, Hey, uh, I'll sign fucking everybody. Yeah. I will give Max Scherzer more money per year than the Cincinnati Reds are paying their whole fucking 26 man roster. Cause in the end, I have a regional sports network. I have a 8 million person city. I have playoff shares. I have world series shares. I will make this fucking money back. But most importantly, what Steve Dote Cohen did is said, I have money and I want to win, even if it costs me money. Sure. Win at all costs. Well, it's not, a not for that, a reason. You get this. You you keep, you know, you brought the St. Louis Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals. You know why they can spend that money too? Because they get butts in seats because they constantly win. They constantly compete. I mean, dear God, how long is the old saying? You got to spend money to make money. So in this sense, the best fans in baseball, that's what they always claim. Right. Yeah. And the reason they claim it is because they don't have to go watch shitty teams. Yeah. It's easy to be a fan of a good team. It's just, it's unbelievable to me that someone would just say, oh, you're lucky you have us. And and someone like me just says no, because you know what? There are minor league teams around here. There are colleges around here. I don't care, man. You know, it's a lot easier for somebody who was born rich to say, oh, you're lucky you have us and our $10 beers and our $5 cheese conies and our $6 slices of pizza or whatever it is. It's so easy for any sort of person in ownership to say that. And you know what? I hate to say this because again, I do like the Reds and I do like their players. If they completely suck this year and there's a good chance they will, I'm not going to feel bad. And I'm not going to feel bad when people don't show up. And the crazy part is this thing has done a 180, the whole city. I had, I knew people at the game. Joe Burrow threw out the opening pitch to uh, Zach Taylor and Jamar Chase presented Jamar Chase rookie of the year, Jonathan India rookie of the year. He presented India the rookie of the year. They were smart to do all that. I guess after that pitch, they said the loudest the stadium was all day was all the Reds fans chanting who day. If only Randy Ruther could have been there. Randy. But my point is this. Who I believe is an Arizona Diamondbacks fan. I can't say for sure, but I think he, he is. Well, I know I know he won't be a Reds fan. My point is people will go elsewhere and they won't spend their money. If you don't build it, they won't come. You know, what, you James, know what? James Earl Jones said that. 
in bizarro field of dreams. You know what I kind of want to do? You know what my dream job, one of like one of the jobs I'd really love to do at this point would be the head of promotions and marketing for a major league baseball team. You know why, Joe? I think it'd be that easy to get butts in seats. Yeah. I really do. Because the bobbleheads are guaranteed to pack 75 plus percent of the stadium. And you know what's crazy about the bobbleheads? They're normally sponsored, right? So like if I go to a Reds game with the Barry Larkin bobblehead, it'll usually be a local Cincinnati chain, like a La Rosa's Pizza or a Skyline Chili or a Frisch's, which is like, you know, these are all restaurant chains in Cincinnati. So they're paying for the bobbleheads. Right. Like that's a prime example of why are there not more bobblehead nights? Why are there not more dollar hot dog nights? Well, there's a little bit of they they have a little bit of value because of their rarity, right? Can't just have a million of them. But yeah, absolutely. Some like things like that. What they should do, and then we'll wrap up this discussion because everybody's probably also talk about uh, since since Cincinnati Reds suck so bad. You know, they should do a promotion like uh, a parking costs as many as many dollars as runs scored last night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go with the ground round parking structure. Or we do like a pregame. You get Phil Castellini. You know, remember the dunk booth? You bring back the dunk booth, but he has to go in chili. Yeah. And you line up fans and you do that. Throw literal pieces of shit at. The shit pasta guy. It's unbelievable. What, what, a, what a way to ruin opening day. But in other baseball news, Clayton Mets Kershaw. Are five and two. Oh, okay. The Mets are five and two. Congrats on that. Thank you. It's good to be king. Clayton Kershaw threw seven perfect innings today. 80 pitches, 13 Ks, and he was pulled. It hurts my heart. You know that my uh, my book that has been uh, with my editors at Random House for the last five years, uh, Pitch Counts, How the, how the Pussies Have Killed Baseball, uh, which should be coming out sometime this baseball season. Um, you know in my heart that that, upsets me greatly and i and i'm here always for dave roberts hate the only the 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 absolute only uh reasonable thing i could say for this is you know it's the first week of the season uh there was a labor strike there was uh a shortened spring training uh there was a clayton kershaw falling apart at the end of last year due to wear and tear so for those reasons and those reasons alone, uh, can I justify it? But uh, it will be talked about in pitch counts, how the pussies have ruined baseball. 80 pitches. But, but again, so historically speaking, we've played over. What have we played? I, I, I saw the tweet. We've played over. Like 220,000 Major League Baseball games. There's only been 23 perfect games out of 220,000. You got to go for the perfect game there, man. Only uh, 80 pitches? Well, I'm uh, here's all I'm saying, and, and I'm saying this on in terms of uh, since you brought up a data situation, 
I'd love to see how many pitchers so far this year have thrown 80 pitches in a game. I bet you it's not 10. Oh, I disagree. I bet it is. I bet you it's not. Everybody's going five innings, six innings right now because it's early and we had a shortened spring training and we had all this stuff. That being said, like it's Clayton Kershaw, you know, um, I am not a Dave Roberts supporter by any means. Um, but what I said about, what did I say about this Dodgers team and their chances of winning the world series, Andy, you were concerned about the pitching. So there you go. We have bigger goals here. If you're this Dodgers team, I, I'm not defending this. I'm just saying if I was playing devil's advocate, this is how I would defend it. But is, is again, is two more innings is let's, let's just say 20 more pitches. So that's about what he was averaging for this game. Is that going to ruin his season? It could. It, Johan Santana was never the same after he pitched the one and only Mets. I mean, come on, though. How what? Many, how many pitches did he throw? I don't know. 120. He threw a lot that game, if I recall correctly. Yeah. I mean, you, you're, going, you're going deep with me, throwing out the Johan Santana at me. I'm just my I, I'm, I'm saying I'm not defending it, but I, I got to imagine Clayton Kershaw specifically. This isn't Walker Bueller. This wasn't Urias. This is Clayton Kershaw, who was there before Dave Roberts, who's the face of the franchise for the better part of a decade. I'm assuming that there was some sort of conversation. Well, yeah, you know? everything I read there was, but it was ultimately Dave Roberts call as the manager. Right. And he programmed whatever he needed to into his computer because he's an artificial intelligence bot. Yeah. And then it configured it. I think of him. What was that show where the, the girl was a robot? Small wonder. Small wonder. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. We are dating ourselves with that one. No one got that. No one. It's a small wonder. What was the premise? Why was she? What was the deal with that? I don't remember. Like the dad was an inventor or something like that and like made a sister that was a robot. Dude, 80 sitcoms were wild. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are available. And, and I was talking to somebody about that. And I think we've talked about it. I think it'd be fun to go back and watch some of those and just say what was happening. And we talked about it. Somebody was telling me like, dude, you got to get baked and watch Perfect Strangers. It's just oh, yeah. the it's just the weirdest premise that lasted like five or six seasons. Yeah, cousin Balky Bartokamas comes to fucking San Francisco or wherever there was Chicago. I think they lived. And it was like a made up made up country he was from. Yeah, like even the sitcom wasn't like oh he's from uh, Latvia or just some random country. They're like no, we're just gonna make up a country. I mean, Alf. Dude, you ever see Permanent Midnight? That's the Ben Stiller movie about the guy who wrote Alf, who's like a heroin addict. No, what is it called? Permanent Midnight. What's the history of Alf? Like, where did Alf, was Alf an alien? Yeah. Alien life form. Alf. Oh, that's what it stands for. Yeah. All those years I never picked up. Remember, he just ate cats. He ate cats. They always had to like pull the house cat out of his mouth. That's right. 
again, another show. Like 80 sitcoms were wild. My little brother always says he, Goldberg reminds him of Alf. <laughs> or is it my brother or is it Cutter? Somebody always says Goldberg reminds him. <laughs> now I need a Photoshop of Maddie Goldberg eating cats. I kind of get it, though. Don't you kind of get the vibe? Like the Goldberg Alf vibe? Like, yeah. Did we cover this story? We've bitched about it off air. Have we covered the story about the woman suing the angels? Um, I don't know if we did it last episode. I think it was on the rundown, but we didn't do it. I know we bitched about it before the show. Well, it's good because, you know, we're, we're trying to keep it tight tonight because, uh, you know, it's late for both of us. So this is a great story to, like, fill in some time, but not that much time because I'm like, what am I going to say that I haven't already said about you fucking pussies and your goddamn nets? Stop going to baseball games if you can't defend yourself. And if you can't defend yourself, sit in the mezzanine or the loge or the upper deck or the outfield or literally any place, but the fucking 12 rows behind the plate or down the foul lines where you could possibly get hit with a baseball. If you're fucking incompetent, don't fucking sit there. So again, Burball's like, you guys went over this last episode. I can already see him if we did. I don't remember. Uh, the headline, mother of boy hit by thrown baseball sues Los Angeles Angels for negligence. So it's it, you know, the truth is it is a sad story, like like realistically. It's, yeah, it's, it's a sad story that that dumb bitch couldn't protect her child. <laughs> so six-year-old boy had a fractured skull and brain damage when he was hit by a ball thrown before an angels game during warm-ups. Basically, a player dropped the ball, you know, it skid off the glove and, and hit the hit the kid. And he, and he had, and he's had serious, you know, it's, it's going to affect the rest of his life. He, he's uh he's like me. He's a traumatic brain injury survivor. So the woman is suing saying the team should have had more nets. Dude, what are we talking about here? What are we talking about? I, I, I hate how we live in such a sue happy country. Sue, 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 sue. No one's ever accountable ever. Yeah, it's bullshit. Stop going to be, there's 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 forty five thousand seats at every baseball game where you're safe. There's five thousand where you're not. Stop sitting there and shut the fuck up. The end. Yeah, I agree. And that's about all I have to say about that. Uh, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, ladies and gentlemen. I hope people got that. Well, Joe, here's what I want you to do. We're both we're both getting worked up from different ends right now. Why don't you take a, a nice nice sip of that cold, refreshing Miller Lite? I will do that. Cal calm the nerves a little, guys. If you like drinking beer with great taste, made from simple ingredients, Miller Lite is for you. It's for people who love the taste of beer. It's the perfect beer. While you're hitting the slopes, I will say, Joe. I should say afterwards, right? Yeah. You're relaxing with some buddies, rehashing the day. It's the best. Drinking a cold no. beer. Cold beer, cold Miller Light, post some skiing. I had, a, I had a cold Miller Light in the hot tub. Oh, I pray ski today. Wow. That's like, I must said something that Miller Light probably wouldn't approve of. But that's like being in heaven. 
There you go. I don't know what you're going to say, but I'm glad that you you did a nice uh, a nice audible on that. Guys, Miller Lite has that malted barley, which gives it the rich, balanced toffee note flavors and the golden color you know and love. Just reading that should make you want to drink a nice cold one. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been beer with taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just a great beer for people who like beer, people like you and your friends. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. You know, next time you're doing that, you should, you should get a selfie or have someone take a picture, Joe. You're absolutely right. The dirt I ball sub- they submit great pictures while drinking a Miller Lite. You know, we should return the favor a little. That's why dirt balls are the best. Yeah, they really are. Have you had a chance to watch any of these NBA play-in games? I watched uh, the two games last night. I watched both seven, eight games. I watched a, uh, a little bit early on of the Hawks Hornets. And then I watched a few minutes of the first half of the Pelicans game where my boy, Pelicans boy. first, my boy, CJ, 3J McCollum went off. I believe he had 27 in the first half, 28 in the first half. Yeah, I was watching. Yeah, 27. It's going off. You love to see it. So Pelicans will now play the Clippers for a chance to make the playoffs. And the Hawks will play uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. The Nets looked good. Kyrie looked good. Uh, the Timberwolves look real good. Well, I, I did you see social media? Did you see the celebration? Did you see NBA? Uh, Pat, Pat Beverly? TNT? Is that who we're talking about? Yeah, the whole thing. There were so many funny tweets, the celebrations. Well, Pat Beverly's a lunatic. I know, but it wasn't just him. It was the hugging, the kissing. I mean, look, guys, I know Minnesota has not had much to cheer for, but it was pretty funny. And I don't know if you saw the TNT crew was just roasting them, just yeah. roasting them. Yeah. Because it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous to, to celebrate like you did uh, just for making the playoffs, winning a play-in game. But... I feel like that was all driven by Pat Beverly, who obviously has a beef against the, um, you know, his old Clippers team um, and obviously took it a little bit over the top. But like, what do you have? Seven, eight points that game? Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's an even funnier part. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you're, you've made a name for yourself. Like, I mean, I know he's a defender and that's what he's known for. Yeah. But do you like any of those teams to go and upset? Um, well, I, I think I think I the think Boston, the Nets I think the sure. Boston Nets series is gonna be good. Yeah. I agree. I, I think it will be good. I don't give Minnesota a chance against Memphis. No. Who do you like coming out of these last few games. Well, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I, I like, I like the, the Pelicans chances against the Clippers. Um, 
the Clippers just don't seem to have a whole lot of offense other than Paul George doing Paul George things. And he, he kept them in the game with a couple big shots. And then, um, I mean, Atlanta, Cleveland, I don't think it matters for either of those teams against the, the one seed heat, but, um, you know, I, I actually, I, I also, I kind of like Atlanta a little bit. Yeah. Well, they had a Cause, good cause, cause Cleveland's been spiral. Well, Atlanta had a good team effort tonight. And Trey Young seems to really play well come playoff time. He is a guy I completely missed the mark on when drafted. Yes. I specifically remember the episode with Tug. I think you were gone. I was like, this guy, I don't like him in the NBA. Yada, yada, yada. He's a college player. Me just running my mouth. The curse just. Out. He's probably an all NBA player this year. <laughs> yeah. The curse just gave me an uppercut. I was critical of his hair. Yeah. His hair is still very bad, to be fair. Yeah. He has overcome it, though. Well, he has. But, like, they're a team after last year's run to the Eastern Conference Finals. They're a fun, exciting team. Like, yeah, I'm I'm saying saying if you're a basketball fan and you want want them going into the playoffs, not the Cleveland Cavaliers. Sure. And and they could be problematic for the Heat, not not thoroughly, not to the point of probably taking them to a game seven or anything like that, but they could be problematic. Um, the Nets more so probably problematic. I mean, I think the Nets Celtics matchup is the most interesting Celtics team that, you know, in the second half of the season has been great and it's been all about their team defense, but, um, team defense is great when you have to shut down another team, but the, the Nets, Offense is entirely based around two guys that are walking, talking buckets. So it's like, you know, that does sort of counteract on the NBA level, like a team that plays good team defense. It's like, cool. Like there's been, there's been a thousand teams in the last 15 seasons who have played good team defense. Look at Kevin Durant's playoff scoring average. He scores 30 points in the playoffs, basically every game Kyrie Irving, you know, played uh, very, very well in that playing game. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, Obviously Minnesota gets in. I like Memphis a lot more than I like Minnesota. So I'm not like that intrigued by it. And then of course you have like, you know, uh, a Clippers or a Pelicans team uh, against the Suns team. That's, you know, has not missed a beat since making the finals last year. Let's talk a little 80 sitcom playing games. Let's go back. Okay. We got Alf okay. versus the girl robot from Small Wonder. Yeah. Alf was the better show. Better supporting cast. Remember how good the dad on Alf was? I got to rewatch it. But I'm talking basketball skills. Who wins? Alf Ooh. versus the girl from Small Wonder? Uh, I'm, I'm going with the robot. The robot. Okay. Yeah. Balky's sitting there to play the winner. Yeah. We're doing 80 sitcoms. Balky, you know, those Eastern European, those European guys really come on strong. He might have I mean, she's a, she she's an artificial intelligence that is like f- more modern and sophisticated than anything we've actually seen to this day and age. So I'm going to go. I'm going with the girl from Small Wonder. She's taking Alf and then Balky out. Yeah. Now, Cousin Larry might be a different, <laughs> different 
He had Dang. like the his cousin Larry. Did he have kind of like the the Jerry curl mullet going? Yeah, on? yeah. He had the Gary Carter happening. <laughs> he would have looked great with a flapless baseball helmet on. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> the '80s. I I, wanna, I think I. I almost feel like we should incorporate that. You know, no. You know how we do sometimes we do reviews like we're reviewing winning time. But, you know, let's go review. Let's go review Small Wonder. Alf. For the four people who know what we're fucking talking about. You know, that always blows my mind, though. You and I have talked about it. When like a clip suddenly hits Twitter that like people like us have known forever, whether it's yeah. trying to cancel somebody or just like this, like a pop culture thing. And some 17-year-old kid's like, did you know this existed? And we're like, yeah, we watched the show for five fucking years. Yeah. It was on Sunday night on ABC. Did you know this existed? Like, it blows young kids' minds that, like, this stuff happens. Have you seen how they treated this Mr. Belvedere? I mean, <laughs> he was like a white slave. <laughs> Mr. fucking Belvedere. <laughs> Remember, there was just like a Midwest white family that was not royalty that had a butler. Yeah. What's again? What's what's the fucking history? What's the storyline there? Wasn't the dad on that one? Bob Euchre. Wasn't Bob Euchre the dad on Mr. Belvedere? Yeah. Bob Euchre. The king of the Miller Lite campaign. Yeah. Bob Euchre got as much money as I do from hawking Miller Lite. You can have your own Scottish butler. By the way, I'll take Mr. Belvedere backing down Small Wonder in the paint and just hammer dunking on her. Belvedere six seasons, man. So the premise is they get an English butler while the father, I got to remind. So Bob Euchre is a busy sports columnist. Yeah. And the mom is a homemaker and a law student. So they can afford a butler? Yeah. Six seasons on ABC. It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I think I think I just, you know, I'm not going to watch any sports now. I'm just going to watch 80 sitcoms for the next. Uh, this is what happens when your team just decides they're not going to compete. You know yeah. what? Fuck it. I'm not going to watch the Reds. I'm yeah. going to watch Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. Yeah. Phil Castellini, when he says, where are you going to go? To Mr. Belvedere's house, dude. That's where you're, I'm going. You're not in charge of me, Phil Castellini. You know yeah. who is in charge of me? Charles. Ah, another one. <laughs> another one. Charles in charge. Remember when they just fucking changed Charles in charge's family in like the middle of the second season and no one blinked? The whole family. The whole the, family. The whole family sells the house and moves out. The only thing that retains is the Manny. Yeah. This isn't an Aunt Viv Fresh Prince situation. No. They changed they change the it's, whole it's, family. It's a reverse Aunt Viv. Yeah. Only Aunt Viv stayed and everybody else left. <laughs> only the psychotic, conservative, nutbag babysitter stayed. Oh, man. I used to crush so hard on uh, Nicole Eggert. Yeah, and then you got to see the movie where both Corys fucked her. Wait, what movies was that? Blown Away. I don't think I've seen that. Ruther, where, where have you been? What is Blown Away? What? 
1994 film. Wait, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a movie that is literally famous just because the girl from Charge in Charge gets fucked in it. Are you talking about we're talking about the same movie? No. There might be two blown away. Was yeah. there is there a blown away with like Tommy Lee Jones? Dude, there's one with Tommy Lee Jones and Jeff Bridges. There's another one. Put in blown away Nicole Eggert. You learned so much in the show. By the way, the blown away with Tommy Lee Jones is actually pretty good, too. This is a TV movie. TV Teenage, movie. Teenage beauty tries to convince her new boyfriend that her father murdered her mother and that he should die, too. It's called blown away, right? Yeah, it's Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, like you said, the two Corys, Nicole Eggert. Two oh, Corys, one Eggert. <laughs> I mean, again, I, I know exactly where For, I'm to forget everything, every other reference Andy Ruther made to the 80s and the 90s. Everybody needs to watch Blown Away, not the one with Tommy Lee Jones. Like, also, for, I guess watch the one for with Tommy Lee Jones. Comedic too, purposes? Pretty, what are we doing here? No. Did you watch Wild Things for comedic purposes? Oh god, I I I rewound that scene, the pool scene, so many times. I was in high school, so many times. If if you listen to the pool scene, we my buddies and I watch it so many times. What we couldn't get over was at one point, Matt Dillon goes, "Oh yeah," like it's so creepy how he says it. I wonder if I can pull that up. Like it, it's we are off the rails when we do the evening episodes, <laughs> dude. I mean, okay. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm, I'm gonna see if he. If we. If we get the. Oh yeah, in here. Or maybe this be, is when they. Maybe this is when they go about back. To get dinged by YouTube. Maybe this is when they go back to the house. Should I not play it? I gotta play it. Although last time I played a movie scene, remember there was no dialogue. No, this isn't even the right clip. God damn it. I, you know, I'm the worst at this. You know, how Joe Rogan has his Jamie. I, like we need a Jamie. Yeah. I mean, this is just, this, this was just going to be, uh, what's her face? Denise Richards popping out. Of course, YouTube doesn't have. I'm trying to play a sex scene. Wait, what am I thinking? They're not going to have a sex scene on YouTube. No, they're not. Well, my night's been ruined. I have to watch that later. Well, watch Blown Away. You're welcome. I'll have to check it out. Either version, I guess. It's funny that those were made within a year apart as well. Yeah. No, because that's that was the thing back in like 94, 95. You'd be like, bro, have you seen Blown Away? And they're like, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones does like a weird like Irish accent. It's like all set in Boston and nobody in this movie is from Boston. And they're like, no, you fucking dipshit. The one where Nicole Egger gets fucked by both Corey's. Oh, no, I haven't seen that one. She's in a Corey sandwich, huh? Yeah. Not simultaneously, though. Now, was she at that time 
she wasn't doing Baywatch yet, was she? I think it might have been during the Baywatch run. Or was she still doing Charles in Charge? I feel like 94. No, you're right. No, it was post Charles in Charge. Because it was post boobs. Oh, she's a girl who did not need a boob job, man. She just like, you were great natural. Like, it's crazy to think how big Baywatch was for the record. Did you ever watch the Pam and Tommy Lee thing? No. Oh, man. Yeah, I did watch Baywatch. Yeah, I did too. Well, back to some sports stuff. <laughs> well, nice tangent that we had there. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> Look at the YouTube comments. People are like, what the fuck is going on in this episode? Uh, no, they're great. Crypto rant. Corey Eiffel Tower. <laughs> I don't think it happens at the same time in the movie, though. If my memory serves me. Well, we can go from talking about a sex scene to somebody who probably has not watched any sex scenes. Derek Carr. You know, he's a big Jesus guy. He's got a tattoo of a cross on his wrist. Which, by the way, that's like classic white college girl circa early 2000s. Right? Like, that's a move a girl. Like, I just love Jesus. So I'm just going to show a little love on my wrist and just nothing nothing big, but just... So it's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I just remember him and I'm doing shots at the frat parties, you know, getting crazy. Derek Carr. Three-year extension, 100... And $25 million. I'm sorry, $121 million. Totally okay with this. I like Derek Carr. They don't, he's not, he doesn't immediately become the highest paid quarterback in football. No. He's a guy I think you can win with. He's getting paid what is now a reasonable amount of money. He has a new coach, which they clearly seem to like him too. Yeah. I like Derek Carr. I do too. And he's Un- long- underrated. He's, he's underrated. He's the longest tenure quarterback now in that division. I, I think, you know, he threw the most interceptions last year, but he also threw the most yards that he's thrown in his career. I, I think, I think how they weathered that storm last year of their coach and their players, you know, I mean, it was a lot of shit and they still made the playoffs and they still were 12 yards away from tying with an extra point, tying the Bengals to take that game into overtime. Like, my point is a, bang- a Bengals team that went on to kick the shit out of multiple teams on their way to the Super Bowl. Well, not really, but. Well, really. The Bengals went on a last second field goal their next game and won an overtime against Kansas City. I'm just saying. What was their next game? Who did they play in their next game? Tennessee. Oh, right. The Bengals were always in close games in the playoffs. But yeah, regardless, a, a team that made the Super Bowl. My point is this. The Raiders showed resilience all year. And obviously, the most important position is the quarterback. He's the leader. I like this as well. I think How, long have, how, how long have I been on the Derek Carr train? You've been on it for a long time. Derek Carr, underrated. I'll leave it at that. I agree. I think he's underrated. And I think they're going to surprise some people. Like you can't just count them out in that division. And even if they don't, I, I, I just don't think, I don't think any, any lack of success that the Raiders have had over the last eight seasons or however long Derek Carr has been there has been on Derek Carr. 
Raiders have a lot of problems. Yeah. Derek Carr, in my opinion, is not one of them. No. I, I, I agree, man. I, I, I like Carr. I like this move. Because, it, you know, it, it keeps some... Getting paid, like, significantly less than, you know, a Kirk Cousins, for example. And way better. Yeah. But again, that division is so tough and they made some good signings as well. The Raiders. I think a team might, dude, people don't realize like that might be a battle of attrition that division. You might, you might have a 10 and seven team win the division next year and a bunch of teams with eight or like every team that division wins eight games. And then they just all kind of fall because they're just beating each other up. Well, the other thing is with that division is you almost have to strategize if you're the GM or the coach or a player on one of those teams uh, that there's a good chance three teams from that division make the playoffs and just be beat up on everybody else. You know, go 500 in your division and be one of the top three teams in your division. Try to win 10, 11 games and get in. Yeah, that's first. First things first in the NFL. Get in. Who, who cares? If you're the first team in your division, the second team in your division, or the third team in your division, unless one of you get is getting the bye, just get in. Yeah, we're gonna have two Jesus Bowl games next year in that division with Russell Wilson and Carr. Who yeah. loves Jesus more? We're gonna find out. Whoever wins those games, that's gonna be the deciding factor, I think. And and what about when there was only one set of footprints, Jesus? Well. That's when I was watching Broncos Raiders. You selfish piece of shit. Dude, the draft is right around the corner. Yep. When is the draft? End of April. April 30th. Two, I'm sorry. Two weeks. Starts the 28th. Two weeks from officially today. By the way, I'm dressing up as the Easter Bunny again this year for Easter. Noise. I just hope my brothers, you know, when I dress as a creepy Easter bunny and I take the time to do an Easter egg hunt, you can't tell the kids just throw shit at me like the older kids. Like, I can't see out of that goddamn outfit. Yeah, seems seems rude. It's it's a little rude, right? Yeah. Take a guess who the ringleader of that was last year. I mean, nobody was throwing shit at Alf. You know, no. he, he was in a costume. It was hard to see. Maybe I'll dress as Alf. Yeah, do that. You know, I was finding Easter eggs months later, like months later. I'd be like, gross. grass or weed. Yeah, that's gross. No, they're in plastic. You know, it's like the ones in the plastic. Oh, okay. Not like hard boiled eggs. No. I'd be like trimming the hedges or something and be like, oh. And a lot of times the candy still held up. <laughs> Dude, it didn't melt. I'd, I'd be like, I'd be like, do it, pulling some weeds. Like, oh, there's a little. Are you just out there in the garden eating like, Four month old Kit Kats, dude. They they held up. Yeah, and the answer is yes. Especially if you know I smoked a little before I cut the grass. That's the thing I I told you that like it's it's great get a little baked and do some lawn care, man. That's like some. That's where I'm. I'm forty years old. That's what you do now. I'm a man. I'm forty. Yeah. I cut the grass. Get you know, take a couple of heads. You know, cut the grass baked. So the Washington football team, these motherfuckers, just when you thought it couldn't get even the crazier, Commodores. Yeah. 
nothing's easy like Sunday morning. <laughs> nothing's easy with these guys. So we broke down how they were skimming money. They had two it's books. Easy. Easy like stealing money from the fans and the league. <laughs> a nice little ring to it. By the way, I'm just going to keep calling the Washington football team. I, I, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to call them the Commodores the whole year. Okay. I like it. So we, or I broke down basically how they stole money, how, again, it was something that I learned that every team, every away team gets, or the, 40% of the home games are divvied up amongst the 31 other away teams. Anyway, something we learned. Schneider and his whole posse had two different books. So they've been investigating. I love something I love about this show is you always call him Schneider. Like he's the fucking handyman on one day at a time. <laughs> speaking of speaking of 80s sitcoms. <laughs> Dan Schneider with his cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve. He has the same business sense as Schneider from one day at a time. <laughs> He's just a greasy fucking slime ball stealing from everybody. Uh, it's un- well, I mean, it's unbelievable. So this is how I was. And I made the mob reference last episode. So, again, our 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 Congress is investigating this, which is a whole other thing to me, which is like, oh, yeah, this is what these guys are doing. Anyway, this is how the one congressman described it. Quite frankly, as you go through the allegations, it reads like a description of some organization out of the Godfather and not an NFL football team. So here's what else was leaked. According to emails and an Excel spreadsheet, which I do love, love those Excel spreadsheets, which were provided to the committee, they also scammed $5 million in season ticket deposits from approximately 2,000 customers. It's unreal. Five million dollars. Is what we're gonna do. We're gonna take the deposits and we're not gonna give them back. Cause fuck them, that's why. Yeah, that's what they were doing. They were taking season ticket deposits that were refundable and not refunding them. The deposits were supposed to be returned within 30 days of when the agreement ended, and money was never returned. So they made it very difficult. You come to me on my daughter's wedding day asking me for your deposit. (laughs) (laughs) For your deposit. Here's the question, though, Joe. And we were like, sorry, sorry, Schneider. (laughs) (laughs) Will they force him to sell the team? I mean, I certainly hope so. I mean, at this point, they're stealing. He's stealing from fellow owners. He's stealing from fans. This is all public knowledge. Again, if they don't force him to sell the team, if they don't force Schneider to sell the team, then what is the NFL? What does he know that he's trying to? The NFL does not want him to leak. Right. I feel like this is the thing with the NFL. This like this offseason is just like. We hear about it for two days. We never hear about it again. Like I predict a week from now, no one will be talking about this. No, they won't. It's unbelievable. They're the best PR team ever. Yeah, but again, we're 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 talking about an owner and a team that 
they've been under fire forever, whether it's the name, the cheerleader scandal. Dude, this just came to light because they were looking at the, the sexual harassment, the cheerleader and forcing girls into sex, all these wild things that have happened on top of just being a shitty team since he took over and making awful NFL personnel moves. I mean, is the one shining spot that he was like, hey, we're not going to give a long-term contract to Kirk Cousins. Yeah, pretty much. Like he's, that's, like, he's like, we're dumb, but we do the stealing around here. We do the thieving. You're not thieving from us, you Jesus freak. I just will be shocked if they sell it, if they force him to sell a team. Because they haven't yet up to up to this point. And again, I want to know what these owners are thinking. What do they say? Like, what is going, what is, can I get Jerry Jones's take on all this? Like, what is he thinking of all well, the Jerry, owners? Jerry, Jerry Jones is like, oh, I mean, Jerry Jones has, has had 11 paternity suits since the Super Bowl. I think he's just happy if no one calls him at all. <laughs> I don't think he's making a lot of calls to the league office. Hey, what are we going to do about Schneider? And they're like, first of all, his name's Schneider. Second of all, Maybe just pay that girl off and get her out of the news for two minutes, you old creep. He's like, you're right. I got to go. By the way, Randy Ruther is out of control in the YouTube comments. Randy. I got to read his first comment. Sup, bitches. Late night show tonight. We're talking about titties and Derek Carr. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a review. Put that one on I, on the iTunes page. Yeah. Of course he's drunk. Love it. Oh my God. Unbelievable. Well, do we have any calls? I you know, I, I, it's 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 what's going on here in the dirtball world. To be totally honest with you, I don't mind keeping it tight tonight, okay. but if we have one, if we have unmiss one unmissable no, call. You know, let's just let's just keep it tight. I, I know it's it's a shorter show. We've been on a few shorter let's shows. Keep it tight. Guys, let's keep it tight. Like Nicole Eggert in 1994. Watch Blown Away, by the way. That's the one takeaway. Yeah. The one takeaway is drink Miller Lite while you watch Blown Away. Both versions tonight. Both versions. Honestly, somebody should do a super cut where they turn that into one movie. (coughs) Where, where. Jeff Daniels thwarts Tommy Lee Jones, a weirdly accented Tommy Lee Jones. I think from it was Jeff up. Bridges. Yeah, that's what I meant. Jeff Bridges. Was it Jeff? Br- yeah, it was Jeff Bridges. Was it Jeff? Br- yeah, it was. From blowing up Boston and also Nicole Egger gets fucked. <laughs> We've saved Boston and now. Nicole Eggert's titties. You know it's you know it's so funny about oh they don't show her titties. There's no it was a it was a TV movie. I'm telling you they do. They do. I'm telling you they do. I think it was on like Cinemax or something. You know what's so great about all this? Nobody even knows who Nicole Eggert is. Like we, you and I just keep talking about her. Yeah. Like five percent of our listeners know who Nicole Eggert is. You think just, they show? Randy Ruther definitely does. You think they show her boobs? I'm almost certain of it. Okay. All right. Well, go ahead and watch Blown Away. Or Alf. Or Mr. Belvedere. (laughs) Or Or Small Wonder. Or Small Wonder. Or Perfect Strangers. 
small wonder is what I call Nicole Eggert pre-boob job. <laughs> Dude, she had a great body. I'm telling you, she was one of those girls. So, you know, like I'm just saying, you know, ladies out there, you don't got to overdo it. But, you know, Pamela started the whole thing off. I'm just saying. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can also leave us reviews on Apple. You can leave us five stars if you like the show on Spotify. You can uh, send me your review or leave me a call. How you feel about either version of Blown Away, 310-359-8365. Joe is you also follow me on Instagram at Joe Prano, TikTok at Joe Prano, all social media at Joe Prano, except for Twitter where I'm at Fix Your Life. But I'll tell you where else I'm at. Shows in Colorado tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. Vail tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this. Denver Improv Friday, Denver Improv Saturday. I've got a show at the Soho House in LA in the in the one of the two nights I'm back home. And then I've just started adding New York dates. I already added two stand dates uh, for my trip to New York. So if you're going to be in the New York City area, come see me at the stand and elsewhere as I add more. Well, while we're talking, it's unbelievable. First of all, Randy Ruther sent you and I a picture holding up a drink to the Bengals indoor practice facility. Again, he's drinking to an inflatable indoor practice facility. Shout out to he, her. He, he's drinking a clear drink. Yeah. Which is obviously in honor of the non-existent Bengals indoor practice facility. On top of that, I just got a text from a Hall of Fame dirt ball, which seems like to be the link of the video of the Nicole Eggert sex scene. Yes. Was that from Jesse Stanga? I wasn't going to say his name, but yes. The original. Hall of Fame Dirtball. This better not destroy my computer, bro, because I'm going to watch it the minute the show ends. All right, guys, that's our show. I, I think we've covered it all. I don't know what else to do. This was quick, easy, and we're going to be Love out it. of here. Love it. But we hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I did. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy this holiday weekend. I'll be the Easter Bunny. And as always, stay dirty.